Hey everybody, it's Bobby here. Just a quick show note before we start our fourth annual March Madness preview. This is part one of two, mainly because we went stupid long on this. I'm talking three hours, and we broke records. So, if you want to hear the full thing, part two will be dropping tomorrow. Um, and also, God bless you. That's a lot of us to listen to. But this is truly one of my favorite podcasts we've ever done. I got an absolute kick out of it. So sit back, relax, and welcome to the Weekend Spread Bracket Pick'em. Hello, and welcome to the Weekend Spread, our fourth annual Bracket Pick'em. You're listening to an episode of Heart Hustle Hardwood here on the Schooner Pod uh, Podcast Network. I'm your host, Bobby, well, kind of host, normally I'm hosting Bobby Howard, uh, joined today by Bolton Blake, Jameson Maxwell. We're going to be picking a bracket. And your host for today, Ty Lee, is going to be coordinating all of the madness. So uh, essentially how this is going to go down, me, Blake, and Jameson are going to attempt to collaborate on one single bracket, uh, which I'm sure is going to be 100% perfect with no flaws, uh, because if you put three brains together, it's clearly better than one. That's just math. Uh, but Ty, uh, as, as we started last year, you do a great job of hosting uh, uh, overall, but like this episode in particular, you're phenomenal. So I'm going to hand the host re- reins over to you. Um, but before I do that, guys, any, <laughs> any, any, anything you want to say before we start, Jameson? No, absolutely not. This is going to be a, a very long podcast with a lot of beef and a lot of Blake squealing, and I cannot wait. Let's just get to it. I literally packed a cooler because it's going to be that long. <laughs> I thought I was telling Bobby, I thought this one was going to be a shorter one. I think it's going to be pretty chalky between the three of us this year, but we shall see. That's what the next, hmm. hopefully, less we'll than minutes is for four. Ty, Ty cracked at Miller High Life earlier. I saw that. Yes. I love that. Yep, yep, yep. Oh no, uh, no free, no free ads. I'm sorry. I'm rocking the uh, Weiss uh, Weiss baby from no free ads, but it's good. Uh, Ty, all yours, buddy. Yeah. All right. So, but anyone who's ever had a job for any amount of time can tell you sometimes it pays to be the best person at your job. Sometimes it pays to be the worst person at your job. This is one of those situations. So I being almost completely lacking any knowledge of college basketball and given, I think, the most fun job of hosting the bracket. So without further ado, uh, because of my lack of skill, I will now be exercising in the most fun role on this. Uh, This is a terrible intro. I'm showing that I'm not very good at this either. To kick us off, our first game, we're going to start. We're going vertically down if you're trying to follow along. If you pull up the ESPN bracketology, going first on the left, down and then on the right down so we're going to start with the south roll to the east roll to the midwest and then finally finish with the west if you're trying to follow along on podcast format so of course as you can see looking at your brackets if you're following along very first game to kick us off that we are deciding we have bama versus a team that is yet to be decided it's a play-in game 
Bama, obviously a controversial team uh, on and off the court because of some off-court stuff. I've made the executive decision to kind of forego any jokes uh, having to do with that for this one, but we will have some funny intros uh, here coming up. Just pencil it in for Alabama, Bobby. Do we even need to hit the three votes on this one? No, I, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know much about uh, Texas A&M uh, Corpus Christi or either or SEMO, uh, uh, Blake. No chance, right? No, I, I, voting Bama, but I am nuking A&M Corpus Christi minus four tomorrow. <laughs> this team loves to launch threes. I think SEMO got a little bit lucky in their conference tournament bracket to make it here. Had the unfortunate punch, uh, the like. Back down, punch, hit combo. Corpus Christi's going to roll tomorrow, but Bama is the choice. All right, so we got Bama. All right, yeah, Bama in the first one. Uh, next one, this is the battle of the most colorful flag. So hear me out on this one. Maryland versus West Virginia. I actually had a hunch, and I looked this one up. So Maryland, a lot of people would describe Maryland's state flag. I'm sure we can all visualize that as the most colorful state flag, which in any way, in a in an interpretation of the word colorful, I think you can make that argument. West Virginia, though, technically tied for the flag with the most colors on it at eight. Interestingly enough, that is a four-way tie between Missouri, North Dakota, West Virginia, and Oklahoma all have eight different colors on their flag. Woo-hoo! So battle... Battle for most colorful flag. Yeah, Oklahoma, number one, it's something that's not a negative uh, for maybe the first time ever. So battle for the most colorful flag, Maryland, West Virginia. Who do we have? What order do we want to do? Do we do we want to go uh, Bobby, me, Blake, and Snake it, or do we want to change it? Because, you know, the person who's last always has the power. Should it be like, Bobby, you go first this time, then I go first the next time? I like, like that. Let's do that. Let's okay. do that. Okay. You, you go first, Bobby. So I'll kick this off. <laughs> no, I Blake like... does not get the middle. <laughs> Blake never gets the middle. <laughs> we can't have Blake decide every matchup. That would be bad. Uh, okay. So I'm going to kick this off. I like uh, this. This one's always interesting because I feel like we always see Maryland and West Virginia play each other in different sports. Feels like it should be a conference game. Never is. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to go with the Mountaineers here. Um, I, I I can't admit to seeing uh, much of Maryland, uh, but I feel like the Big 12 teams are really, really good this year. And uh, West Virginia gets a dub here. Here's my thought process on it. Um I saw Maryland maybe passing through the channels for about a, I watched for about five minutes. Like what I saw, I think I saw some good things from um, their guard, Jameer Young, um, played some um, good stuff. But I played West Virginia. I've watched them a lot um, this season. It seems like they're always on whenever I'm looking for a Big 12 game. And there's one polarizing guy on their team, Blake, and I want your thought process on him. And it's Eric Stevenson, the player for West Virginia. And man, he has the constant green light, constant. And let me tell you something, that might be a good thing when it's a tournament. He could get hot, but I think he's the type of guy who could absolute tank them. He could go out there and go like one for 12 and continue to shoot. I think Maryland's a pretty good basketball team. I think Eric Stevenson stinks it up. Give me Maryland Terrapins. Well, I guess I get to be the deciding vote. And although I do not like this makeup of this West Virginia team, Eric Stevenson, yes, can be great. They're better offensively probably than most of the Bob Huggins teams suck on defense. But Maryland, Maryland came out hot in the non-con, got some big wins versus Miami, St. Louis, right out of the gate. They've just been night and day 
home, they're killing teams. Road, they cannot win to save their life. I am not backing them on a neutral court whatsoever. Their entire conference, like, they were just losing away games left and right. I think one of their only wins was Minnesota, who is considered one of the worst Power 5 teams in the nation. I'm not taking any part of Maryland. Kevin Willard, great first season, but I feel like the experience of Bob Huggins pulls through here. We're moving on West Virginia. Not only that, I feel like the Big Ten has been wildly overrated this season. Yep. I, yeah, I there's been a lot of there's been a, a lot of overrating this year. Fair. I, I mean, there's really not, I mean, there's I think there's some good teams in the Big Ten, but obviously there's a lot of overhype with it, and it's just because like the clout that it has. Yeah, for sure. Oh, All give right. me this next one, Ty. So uh, <laughs> who did we settle on there? Uh, we went with West Virginia. All right, so we settled on West Virginia. So next one, San Diego State University versus Charleston. So looking for an intro on all of these. This one was tough, and then it really, it just light bulb moment it came to me. Battle for who gets to be the second most relevant coastal city in their respective states. <laughs> Man, oh, Blake has to be number two on this. He might have some hope. Everyone knows that Blake's going to fade San Diego State. But I really like the San Diego State team. People see these 5-12 matchups, and they see a team like San Diego State. Oh, they're not part of the Power Five. They're really not that good. I like this team. I've kind of paid attention to them a little bit because Blake seems to fade them all year. This is a (laughs) team of veterans. And a team of veterans, you know, upperclassmen, I feel like have a better shot to not going to get upset in the first round versus a team like, you know, Charleston. I think San Diego State, Weather Storm, wins this game. This is the easiest one on the bracket. We are moving on, Charleston. This absolutely loves it. They're going to light up San Diego State. Sorry, San Diego State City. This isn't even a question. Uh, San, San Diego City, before we went into the whole COVID break and yada, 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 stuff like that, they hung a conference championship banner before the season was done, thus cursing that program. And honestly, kind of the entire Mount West, like, the Mount West has been really crappy in uh, in the tournament. They've only been to the Sweet 16 four times since the inception of the conference, and that hurts me. A conference that I love, San Diego State isn't going to break that trend, though. They are not the, uh, they are not the Mountain West team that's going to do that. Gimme Charleston, light it up from the three-point line. I just feel like the San Diego State team, they're too concerned about guarding the paint. They're not going to guard the three-point line. We see our first 12-5 on the board go down. Go Cougars. Yeah, I like San Diego State to make a deep run in this tournament. They're seasoned seasoned and not, you know, they really remind me of another scrappy dog who has who had a lot of experience, really heartwarming story. They they really are the TCU football. No, Uh, they're going to be the TCU football of this March Madness thing. It's just, I I really take a shine to them. I think the Aztecs get a really big win here and uh, start a march to Houston. Now, let me tell you something. I couldn't agree more with you, Bobby. Oh, beautiful. Look, we got two on board. Look, just well, let's just move them. Let's just move them all the way down at this now, point. We we are going to we got to brainstorm some sort of thing because like <laughs> I guarantee that San Diego State is not making it past the round of 32. There is absolutely no way. Charleston could be a little bit variable and I could see that. There is no way they get past the round of 32. We can think of a bet. We can think of something, but I'm guaranteeing that right now. San Diego City not making it that far. Well, San Diego State advances. Ty, what do we got next? 
All right, so next up, Virginia versus Furman. This is a basketball game. Unlike what I thought, it is, in fact, not a court case against a suspected moonshiner where the importance of evidence (laughs) custody uh, was established. (laughs) That's great. Blake, you start. (laughs) Well, I think this one, I think we're, in my mind, going to see two double-digit seeds in that round of 32. Give me the Paladins. I worry about Virginia. Like, they don't have that elite talent that they once did when they won the national championship. I feel like the pack line is kind of becoming a a thing of the past whenever you have teams that are just launching threes, kind of Steph Curry style in college basketball now. And Furman is that team. They just launch. They don't defend very well. They launch threes, which is kind of what you need against the pack line where you're just trying to shoot over them the entire time. You're not going to drive the paint, but that's not a worry for the Paladins. And I'm also worried. I can't remember his name. Oh, Ben Vanderfloss. Virginia is one of their sharpshooters out for the tournament. I just feel like Tony Bennett gets another upset. I, I'm i going with Furman here. I love I love that 13 matchup right there. So Paladins move on in my mind. I'm with you on that one. I think Furman the past couple of years have been kind of crafty, kind of tricky. Um, and, you know, that hasn't translated in the tournament yet. But I think it does right here. They get a massive upset against the uh, the Who's here. Isn't their uh, first time on. in the tournament for a long time? Am I oh, my gosh, yeah, that? like over 40 years. It's there like, you what's go. Bobby saying here? And they are in- damn right it hasn't translated in the tournament, Bobby. Exactly, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it, it hasn't translated in tournament, tournament success because they haven't gotten there. I'm just saying, like, I feel like you see them, like, go on okay. hot streaks. Good save. Good save. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't saying, like, I was saying, like, you see them, like, succeed in, like, November, December. And then I you, think they got, like, upset as the number one seed in their yeah. tournament. Like, wasn't, didn't they get bugger last beat year for versus, the loss last year? Last year versus Chattanooga on a, like, That's what it was, Chattanooga. And we loved our boy Chattanooga. Oh, man. We the were here. We loved the mocks. We loved the mocks. <laughs> Well, I guess I guess Furman's um, going on, but I mean, yes, they don't have as many stars, Blake. But I watched. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to say I've watched too much of their recent, but at the beginning of the season, you know, Ka Clark's I think is like a really good leader, and he's a type of guy that you know can slow down the basketball game like Virginia wants to, and they play really good defense as Virginia teams do. I think that you know having a good leader like that could really help them. But it looks like we have Furman moving forward. All right, Furman All advances. Right. Oh, I'm sorry, Ty. Surprise. Uh, maybe our first upset, I think. But uh, yeah, so firm and advancing. Next game up, of course, as you guys can see if you're following along. Again, we encourage you to do so. Creighton versus NC State. Fun fact, Creighton established back in the day with what we would consider nowadays a rather measly $200,000 grant. I thought that was kind of interesting because uh, coincidentally, that's 199,999 more than the number of people who can point out where Creighton is on a map. <laughs> oh, Creighton, the Blue Jays. Uh, that is That has been a program that has been really, you know, uh, really fun to watch. And, you know, when I visited Omaha, where Creighton is, I didn't realize how, how fanatical they are about them, but they really do love Creighton there. Um, NC State here snuck in, kind of got into the tournament in a weird way. I think the Blue Jays are better than them, and I think they get a win here. Yeah, I think Creighton wins. Um, but honestly, I liked them a lot. And then the tournament came, 
And I understand, you know, you can't really read too much into it. And Xavier's a really good basketball team, but losing by 20 plus for Xavier did leave kind of a sour taste in my mouth. NC State kind of being that bubble team that got in, obviously people kind of want to just push them away because people thought that maybe they weren't as deserving as some of the other bubble teams. I, I, I still got to go with talent. Obviously, we're going to support our boy Trey Alexander, obviously one of the Nimhar brothers there. Um, they've got good guard play, um, and I think that really helps in the tournament to have good scoring guards. And we saw what happened, you know, last year. Um, good scoring guards obviously can um, do really well and go far in the tournament. Uh, we can get to this in later rounds, but uh, I'm a big Creighton guy. I think they're underseeded as hell. I think that's just because Kalkbrenner had mono at some point this year, <laughs> and they were going on a losing streak, and they are a six seed versus the NC State team that honestly probably should not be in the tournament. This this team sucks. They the Clemson, who was also in the bubble, beat them three times this year, cranked them twice. I know that's not the whole thing, but... <laughs> Clemson plays a lot like Creighton, and Creighton's the significantly better version than them. This is going to be one of those. I don't care what spread you give me when it comes to Creighton. I'm taking them in this first-round matchup. They are going to demolish NC State. It's it's over. I think Creighton moves on easy. One of my one of my favorite picks in the tournament. That was uh, that was great, Blake. You said Clemson cranked them, so Clemson cranked Creighton twice. <laughs> was the uh... Uh, that's a that's a good one. Uh, so next game we have Baylor versus UCSB. I think that pretty much everyone is going to have Baylor to move on past University of California Santa Barbara. You already know where this is going. It's a cheap Californians moving to Texas joke. Uh, so Baylor moves on most likely. That's the popular place for these people to move. <laughs> oh, I mean, if people are going to start moving to Waco, uh, that's. Man, California's getting really desperate. Uh, here's, yeah, yeah. They, 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 um, they just watch, watch a lot of Chip and Joanna, and they they, they yeah. think that every that Waco's just like that everywhere. Waco's oh. the it's the it's the L.A. of Texas, man. They got Magnolia <laughs> Network. They have TV networks there. You're right. You're right. I should have I should have thought of that. That is totally my fault. I hope that they are not listening to us right now. Uh, but here's here's the deal. Like you said, I think Baylor is poised like to be if they can go out. Um, and make a little run. But like as Blake said in the Big 12 tournament preview, obviously they have some deficiencies. Like they do not play defense well, and if they do not have their guards making shots, they're really upset prone. So it's really kind of an either or for me. I don't really have a strong um, opinion on UC Santa Barbara, and if I did, I would look at Baylor to be an upset kind of team. But I just I think guys you know, like LJ Cryer and Flagler, um, then Keontae George being the freshman, are just too much talent um, to really get overtaken here. Um, so I'm going to pick Baylor, but I think, honestly, I might pick UC Santa Barbara to cover that. Yeah, I I, I agree with Jameson, the conclusion, but I think Santa Barbara keeps it really close. Like, this is a really senior-led team. They're very old, and they're physical. And, like, kind of what we saw, they're not as good – obviously defensively as Iowa State, but like Iowa State plays a pretty physical brand of basketball. And that was Baylor's Achilles heel. We've seen it time and time again. Those physical teams, even when TCU at full health, gives them problems because they're just kind of a finesse three guard shooting team that doesn't really rebound, doesn't play defense like your typical Scott Drew teams. I think this one's really close. I like, I really want to take it, but I don't want to get too wild. I don't want to get too wild just yet. There's plenty of upsets on this bracket. 
this one's super close. I think Baylor moves on barely uh, just because of that, their three-guard lineup, but it's going to be damn close. This one's going to be very, very close. I, I'm i frustrated that I'm last on this one because I had a very rousing speech about the Gauchos <laughs> and how, how pumped I was for them. I was, I'm, I'm going to be in Denver during this during the uh, first and second round. I was going to seek out some Gaucho fans, you know, really try to assimilate into their, their squad, you know, try to fire them up for a run. But no, I, I because I'm last, I, I can't convince y'all to, to, to move luck. the Gauchos through. Well, just happens. Gauchos fans that are going to Denver is like very like few and far between. Yeah, I was like, how many do you think there are? You were going to spend your entire anniversary trip seeking these fans and not actually like celebrating the occasion. You will like you will not find these fans. I mean, well, hold on now. I mean, I might I will celebrate my my anniversary, but also with the Gaucho fans. You know, it's a little something old, something new. Something old, something new, and they're already blue. So. Not only that, but the ones that do travel, you know, they're going to be hardcore and super cool. So if, if I did, if I did see a Gaucho fan, I bet they're awesome. But no, they're 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 going to be gone probably by uh, by the time the weekend hits. Um, but man, I I, I don't know. I, I was ready for for the Gauchos to make a run. I feel like Baylor's been really shaky. They looked not great again uh, in the Big Twelve tournament, and I don't know. They just seem really prone here. Um, and you know the gauchos are fun, but uh, no. Well, let's uh, let's move the let's move Baylor on. So, all right. Up next, Mizzou, Missouri versus Utah State. Winner of this one gets the claim to fame of being the well, the winningest, fourth most relevant sports team in their relative state. Oh, congratulations! <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'll uh, kick us off here. I don't have a strong feeling about either of these uh, either of these teams, really. So I'm going to go with Missouri. Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm going to go. This is one where I'm just. Was this Blake's first time to go? I think Blake was supposed to go first. On oh, this, I this was no Blake. This was Blake. This I'm so sorry. This was Blake. So, I skipped. So it's Bobby goes first, and I go first, and then Blake goes first, and then Bobby. Oh, goes I first, thought it was like I could just never be in the middle. Like I could never oh, split no. the two. Blake goes first. Okay. Blake goes first. No. Okay. I'm sorry. I. I, I got I got you there, Blake. My apologies. Well, you yes. know Bobby's pick. Just go for no, it, Blake. I wasn't even I wasn't even that strongly into it, so I can be convinced. Wait, wait, Ooh. Bobby. What were you again? What were you again? I I mean, to start, I was Missouri, but not really. I'm You're dead like... wrong. You're dead wrong, man. Okay, cool. <laughs> this Missouri team is so mm-hmm. overrated. Yep, both me these too. Teams, hey. Hey, I will say this. Boat race alert. Bet the over on this one because these teams are going to be flying around the court. Missouri does not play a lick of defense. They just try to score. That is it. Utah State, a little bit of defense, but they're both top 15 in offense. Like These teams are going to shoot like no other. I just think Missouri's a little bit overrated because they're a power five team, but they just they play no defense. And I just feel like this Utah State team... Like any team coming from the state of Utah always seems to be veteran, even when you're a freshman, just because you're usually starting at the age of like 23, 24, 25, you're going to get those more experienced guys coming from that state. I think just because Utah State plays an ounce of defense, I think Utah State goes on. I just, I do not trust this Mizzou team whatsoever. That was a very convincing speech. I like Utah State then. I, I really I was gonna pick Utah State way. anyways, Bobby, so you don't even cool. need to change your answer. You can just stick with your Missouri because Utah State's moving on. Um I I just think Missouri just got boosted here. I feel like the SEC tournament uh 
Can y'all hear me? Sorry, I was lagging there. Yeah. Everything good? Yeah. Okay, good. Yep. Uh, so, like, I feel like Missouri got boosted a little bit because they went out and beat Tennessee, this highly ranked team. But I feel like the people that were on the committee, I'd hope, didn't really take that as a good win because once Ziegler being out for Tennessee, like, they just seem like they just don't have that it factor anymore. Missouri's just been kind of t- like a middleman team. And Utah State, I just think, can go out there and um, get an easy upset. And honestly, they're the underseed, and they're a one-and-a-half-point favorite. So yeah, I, I was like, it's not even really upset. They're just State. a better team. All right, so we've reached a consensus on that one, I believe. Up next, Arizona versus Princeton. This one is a classic, classic East Coast versus West Coast battle. I understand Arizona, not on the coast, but very much West Coast when it comes to the university. You got the classic, stereotypical East Coast, old money, kids with 4.0s versus Arizona and their California kids with a 2.5 and new money. Who do we have? I'm going to go Arizona here. Um, I feel like they've been pretty solid all year, and this just doesn't seem like a spot they'll trip up in. Uh, So uh, give me the Arizona Wildcats to uh, progress over Princeton. No shot. Arizona by 20 plus. Yep. Yale would have given them a better shot, but Princeton got the last (laughs) bump. It's just, yeah, this is bad. It's going to be Arizona all the way. All right. So coming up next, we're now rolling into the East. Uh, Can't see it on there, but it's, we are now rolling into the East. Uh, Purdue versus a game that uh, we've yet to see who's going to be playing in this one. I've, I've been trying to decode these abbreviations for who Purdue is going to play. I still have a Texas Southern versus Florida Democratic University. I still don't know. So I think we're all going to have Purdue in this one. It's uh, fairly Dickinson, I think, right? That sounds less believable than what I said. <laughs> is it, Blake? Is it fairly Dickinson? Fairly Dickinson, yep. Fairly yeah. Dickinson University. That fairly. sounds like someone's ex from middle school. That doesn't even sound like a university. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, hey, how about we just defer this? Let's get the Boat and Blake Crumb report on this 16 seed game. Yeah, so I'm just going to back Texas Southern out of principle. Uh, One, they like have, I think, 10 or 11 wins this entire season. They are by far the worst record in the tournament. But Fairleigh Dickinson has no reason to be here. They did not win their conference tournament. Justice for Mary Mack. Mary Mack won the NEC this year. But because of the dumbass rule from the NCAA that if you come from D2 to D1, you have to sit out like three or four years from postseason play. It's stupid. It's dumb. FDU didn't deserve to be here. It's Texas Southern. It was always Texas Southern. But <laughs> in this matchup, give me Purdue. <laughs> All right. Yeah, we're moving the we're we're moving the boilermakers right. on for sure. Yep. So Purdue not gonna peter out uh just yet. Uh so rolling oh. up to the next one. <laughs> okay, Memphis versus FAU. This one, these two teams really have a lot to play for. When you talk about the tournament, you talk about first four in. First four on the bubble, first four out. Right here, we got two teams that were first four out for the Big 12. Now they're up here in the tournament. Who went first last time? Uh, you can go you just go again. Yeah, James. All right, sure. Yeah, so um, I haven't really seen much about FAU this year. I understand that they have a pretty good win-loss record, but I'm sorry. I'm just going to go on recency bias. And I watched that Memphis-Houston game, and I understand Mark Sasser being out was a big deal for them. Obviously changed momentum a lot. Way Memphis played in that basketball game, really good. Where I see an eight seed from them, I'm like, 
what's going on here? I feel like Penny Hardaway gained good game planning and really shut down that Houston basketball team. It's not just Sasser. They got four other guys in that starting lineup are very quality basketball players. Memphis put it together. I think they've got a lot of momentum here. And what we've seen is people that make momentum plays win conference championships, um, make a little bit of damage in the tournament. So I'm going Memphis. Is it me? I guess it is because I'm going for it. <laughs> I agree with Jaime. I think this one is a really enticing game for the first weekend. Two teams that probably were not seated correctly. I think FAU, one of the best teams in the nation. I don't care what conference they come from. The Conference USA is pretty damn strong. They got Jelly Walker and UAB. They got North Texas. These are great teams that they were just sweeping up all year long. So I really like this balanced FAU squad. Great on offense, great on defense, but Kind of like Jameson said, this Memphis team just has that it factor. They've played one of the best teams in all of America, Houston, and they're consistently playing them close. If you look at Memphis, Kendrick Davis is a rock star, a former TCU player, former SMU player, and now a Memphis, <laughs> as his, I guess his final year of eligibility, is at the Memphis Tigers. I like what Penny Hardaway builds when he just does these veteran teams and doesn't try to get Amani Bates down there. It doesn't try to get James Wiseman down there. Like he's doing it all wrong. These veteran teams get Memphis a lot farther. This is going to be a great matchup and it sucks that one of these teams are going home. I'm going with the Tigers though, just because I want to see that next round matchup so damn bad. Yeah, no, Memphis and FAU both do feel a lot more dangerous uh, or like feel like pretty dangerous uh, teams in the eight, nine spot. And it is a bummer that both of those teams uh, can't go on and you know try to take down a one seed. But I'm with y'all. Uh, Memphis has been very, very good recently. They have that confidence. They're putting it together at the right time. Um, I think it translates and sets up that massive, massive second round game that I'm sure we're going to have a really good conversation about. All right, so Memphis to move on. Looks like that's setting up a pretty good round, a pretty good game. And uh, I'm, I'm very upset that my first four out of the Big 12 did not land as hard as I expected it to. But anyways, up next, Oral Roberts versus Duke. Will Oral Roberts be able to resist the temptations of the devil, or will the devil get Oral to lose? <laughs> <laughs> Blake, you got this. <laughs> There's two scenarios you want coming out of this game. I've got to tell you my first. You want Blow Bob to go on. I want Oral Roberts <laughs> to move on past Duke. This 12. I've never this, heard that before. <laughs> this 12 like seed crop this year is fantastic. Like the 12s and the 13s are probably the strongest we have ever seen before in our entire lives against the Duke team, which a lot of people are going to tout as really hot. Yes, they've won eight or nine straight in the ACC, but I think the ACC is a complete sham of a conference this year. I think that uh, I, I think they finally put it together towards the end of the season, but beating UVA in a championship game, as I've shown before in this bracket, doesn't garner much respect in my mind. Oral Roberts got Max uh, Amos and Connor Vanover, a transfer from Arkansas. He's huge, 7'5". I love what they have. I think this team, even if they don't go as far as the team that made it to the Sweet 16, I think this is the best Oral Roberts team we've ever seen. 
12 over 5. I don't care if I'm doing it for twice in a tournament. I'm going for it. Give me Blow Bob. Look, as much as I would love to roll with Blow Bob here, I, I just kind of can't. Uh, because I feel like I feel like John Shire has things kind of figured out at Duke. That run in the ACC tournament feels good. And I just feel like Duke's not that bad. I don't I don't think they're bad enough to lose to it to to Oral Roberts. I feel like we're still riding that. High. Oral Roberts is good, Bobby. That's the thing. You're like <laughs> not that bad that they would lose to Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts no, no, is no. a great team. No, no, no. But what okay. They've won 17 straight. They didn't lose a conference game. I'm okay, yeah, sure, but they're not look. There's a difference between Oral Roberts and Duke. You know, it's it's different. And not only that, but because they had their run a couple years ago, I feel like they're going to, you know, they're not going to overlook Oral Roberts. You know, two years ago, was, was, it was two, right? When they beat Ohio State. Um, yeah, I just don't see them overlooking them. Uh, not that, not. Wasn't that last year? No, that I, last year was St. Peter's. Was and then the year yeah. before was Global. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. You're right. Yeah, so I, I just don't think Oral Roberts, you know, uh, I, I don't I don't see Duke overlooking Oral Roberts. Uh, I, I like the Blue Devils here. Here's my thing, and I, I don't know why Blake wouldn't even talk about this. Uh, Dickie V's diaper dandy of the week was Kyle Filipowski over the conference tournament week, and you're not even going to talk about how good Duke's been playing? <laughs> they, they've been playing in a bum conference. The ACC is a whole bunch of bums out east that just have name brands that we all recognize. It's not a respectable conference. You see that one of their top, I think, three seeds, or was Pitt a two seed, like barely made the tournament. This conference is buns. Get them out of here. I don't want to see Duke. I don't think John Shire's that good of a coach. If you're gonna go with duke here root for them to make the national title and win it because that would be hilarious for coach k's legacy but that's all i want to deal with duke they're 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 a trash program they're a trash program in a bad conference miami was one uh and then virginia no so i think Pitt was three uh and then virginia was two and duke was four because it was a two versus four matchup in that final duke virginia which just shows how sloppy it was but duke's starting to put it together I'm telling you, diaper dandy, Kyle Filipowski. I knew Blake wouldn't like Kyle Filipowski. Um, putting it together, they got some talent. Derek Lively, I know he's not going to make a, a lot of you know impact on the offense side of the ball. Going to be hard to score. Little tiny Max Adam is going to try to get to the basket. And oh my God, he's going to see Kyle Filipowski and Derek Lively. And he's going to go, nope, can't do that. People know Max Admis now. They're going to be glued to him. I think Duke wins and it's going to be easy. And a lot of people are going to see Oral Roberts on that bracket are going to get upset again. Duke double digits. All right. Oh. So we've, we've settled on Duke contentious one, but we will have to move on uh, coming up next Tennessee versus Louisiana. This one's interesting. It's actually a tiebreaker. Uh, so they're, they're not playing this game as they've tied in a battle for lowest literacy rate. Oh my God. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go with the Vols here. Um, not much to say. I just kind of like them here. Great analysis, Bobby. But let me tell really you something. I feel like a lot of people are going to put Tennessee on upset watch. Obviously, didn't really look too stellar. Lost in the tournament to Missouri. And then everyone's going to talk about Ziegler. Ziegler going down like, oh, no, they don't have Ziegler. You know, Tennessee's going to lose. Yeah, does that make them like – they're not going to have a far run in the tournament. Yes. I just, Louisiana, whenever I've looked at their track record, do I see anything that just jumps off the page? Like, wow, man, this team could really make an upset here. 
I just can't get behind Louisiana. If if Tennessee was playing one of the fun 13 seeds or a better, like, you know, a 12 seeder, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I would think about it. I just can't get behind Louisiana. So Tennessee moves on another week, but I'm just not expecting too much out of them. Yeah, I think Louisiana was one of the weaker opponents to come out of this Sunbelt Conference. Like, I would have loved to have seen a Southern Miss, a Marshall, a JMU there to put Tennessee on upset watch because I think Rick Barnes has demons. He has demons that he cannot seem to escape. He's like one of the few coaches, the Matt Painters, your, uh, oh, who's the Iowa coach? They all got those demons and... I think if it's Tennessee doesn't lose this round, it's the next one. I would love for the memes, but I will just take the volunteers this time, hoping they lose in the round of 32. McCaffrey, right? Yes, Fran! Fran! (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Tennessee to move on in that one. Coming up next, we have Kentucky versus Providence. The state of racehorses looking to gallop through the first round, but will the Friars fry their hopes? Kind of weird that they named a team after Fry Cooks, but. <laughs> you can totally see it by their logo. Um, this is, um, I, I, I actually watched one full Providence game this year because I was using DraftKings Sportsbook in Louisiana, and I wanted to bet some college basketball. I watched them play Marquette. Market really good basketball team. That's whenever they're making their run up. But um, Providence, just kind of just watching that basketball team, yeah, they had some talent, but it just didn't get me too excited. And I kind of see this as a trend. Like maybe I watched a game or two of a team this year, and I just didn't really get me excited. They didn't have that it factor that popped off the page, and I just really can't get behind them. I'm just going to go with talent. I understand Kentucky has got a lot of wasted talent. Oscar Toshibwe, no matter what happens, is always going to put up numbers. He's going to be a force, and he's going to be tough to deal with. I think Kentucky wins this one. Oh, oh no. I mean it myself. I'm going the exact opposite, Jameson. I love this Providence team, and this is more of a – a pick that I want to see happen, and I'm backfilling the analysis into it to make it seem like it's educated. Is Kentucky probably going to win? Yes. But do I want Providence to win to like cause one of the funniest offseason storylines of John Calipari on the extreme hot seat? Probably would get fired if they lose two. Would this be two or three years in a row in the first round? He is on a bad cold streak when it comes to March. In this Providence team, the Bryce Hopkins revenge game. Bryce Hopkins doesn't get enough minutes, moves up north to Providence, and joins Ed Cooley. This team is cold, but they are feisty. I think even if you don't like Providence to advance, bet Ed Cooley as an underdog. He's like hitting at like a 60, 65% clip as an underdog. This He knows how to coach. This team's feisty. Whenever they get down, they always find a way to claw back in. Whether they win or lose, that's an easy pick against the spread. But I just want Providence for the memes, the stories. It would just be, oh, it would be an off season to remember if Providence upsets Kentucky. You know what? I'm going with the Friars here, mainly because I feel like Calipari is checked out. I feel like this Kentucky team just doesn't look right. They have not looked right all season long. And it's just, it feels like the end of an era, the end of a guard. And um, I feel like this is the end of the road for Calipari. Uh, So give me Providence to advance. I think I put Kentucky in like my final four last year or some baloney. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Those, every, <laughs> the last two years, everybody's had Kentucky going deep, and it just like womp womp. Like they. I just <laughs> love Oscar Deshibwe. I really do. I that dude just plays with heart, and I, I kind of and I, I kind of low key like Jacob Toppin. Yeah. Like honestly, Kentucky. If you look at the roster, they have so many great pieces, and you're like, if they could just put it together, they would be a solid team. Like has good veteran leadership, but like Calipari just can't do it. He can't. He wasn't able to do it really with the freshmen in the final few years. Whenever he was doing that experiment, and can't do it now with the senior experience squad. So who knows where his role is in college football or college basketball moving forward? But I get what Jameson's saying. But the Providence that would be hilarious. Just be awesome. It would be great. All right, so big upset, the Friars to move on. Coming up in the next game, we have Kansas State versus Montana State. Big Sky, I say big yawn. <laughs> oh, oh, Blake, fight him. I love, oh, this one's hard for me because I love the Big Sky. I was watching the Big Sky semifinals, Montana State versus Weber State, a double overtime game. The worst game I've ever seen in my entire life. I think going into uh, the first overtime, we were tied at like 50. By the end of the first overtime, it was like 54-54. These teams are like, I love, I love Montana. I love Montana State. I love the Big Sky Conference horrendous play they play slow they can't miss shots i've never seen more air balls in my life if this team if kansas state just gets running this montana state team's gonna get gassed because that conference just plays slow they play physical and i just think i don't think k-state goes far in this tournament and it breaks my heart but i always i feel like every bracket special i go in on why the big sky team is gonna upset from like the 15 16 14 line the team that they play against it never happens i don't even think they covered the spread it's not close this conference is great to watch it's a great late night watch just don't trust in the tournament i'm taking the wildcats it hurts me it hurts me but give me the wildcats yeah no doing this pod every year we, we always hear the big sky hype and they always always let us down um and i think i the first one I went on like a soapbox Montana for Montana on why they over two seeded Michigan. <laughs> yes, and like I think they proceeded to lose by thirty five. Like I it, think... was <laughs> it, it was bad. They went to it was. They were like in our Sweet Sixteen. <laughs> yes, they made it very far in that tournament. Granted, there always is that double digit seed that you don't expect your your Blow Bobs, your Saint Peters, your I guess Loyola Chicago, whenever they were good, uh, like that always makes it a little bit farther than they're supposed to. We were trying to hop on that trend early, but the Big Sky I guess just wasn't that conference to do said push for a, a double digit team. I just feel like they never are. And not only that, but I feel like Kansas State um, under Jerome Tang has, has been just really, really um, energized. You saw it when they got announced. They were excited. Um, I know I know. Like some Kansas fans are trying to spin it as, oh, look at oh, business like we are. Look at these amateurs. But I think that energy and that excitement really means a lot when you're a three seed playing a 14 seed. You're excited to get there. You're excited to play. I think uh, K State and, and and Tang will get this thing going and uh, get a comfortable win against Montana State. Yeah, I agree. But let me tell you something. I just don't think Kansas State's going to go too far in this tournament. I just think when teams get really physical with them, they struggle. And any team that gets waxed like they did versus Oklahoma, I'm looking at you, other teams in the tournament. If you go waxed this year 
by Oklahoma. You are on upset watch in my bracket, but let's advance Kansas State. All right, the Wildcats move on to the next round, running a Wildcat, presumably since they don't have a quarterback on their team. I guess everyone's running Wildcat. So up next, we have Michigan State versus USC, a classic, classic, traditional Big Ten battle to you know, big teams of the Big Ten, traditional Big Ten teams. So interesting to see that they got matched up against each other in the tournament coming from the same conference. Yeah, and it's also a battle of uh, Spartans versus Trojans here, the the future conference mates here. Uh, oh, to be sure. wonderful! What? Yeah, keep it, keep it. I'm trying to keep it 300, like the Rome. Oh, I can't make that yep. reference. Uh, uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, anyways, I forgot about that. Forgot about that. Uh, Give me, give me Michigan State oh, just out of out, out of principle. Beyond oh, just the whole, you know, uh, I hate USC thing. It's it's Thomas Izzo in in March. You 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 can't not back him, especially against a uh, USC team, a Pac-12 that I feel like hasn't been terrific this season. So give me Michigan State to advance. Here's my thing, and I this is one of these teams that I know I'm just going to get burned on, and I fall in love with one player, and I've liked this player for a while, and he's just going to be absolute stone-cold bricks in the game, but I'm going to still back him. I love me some Boogie Ellis, Blake. I really do. Boogie Ellis is fun to watch. I knew he wouldn't like him. I knew he wouldn't like him, but, man, he can do some fun stuff. Um, he's one so of the I'm old go- guards. Oh. Go give your pick. Give your pick. <laughs> I, I'm going to pick USC. I'm going to pick USC. And um, I, I, I'm i sorry. I know I'm going to get burned on this. I just like Boogie Ellis. Oh, Boogie Ellis, that old guard Memphis. I hate I hate those players. That Just get them out of my face. I'm tired of being reminded of those Penny Hardaway teams that just dominated the college basketball headlines and did absolutely nothing. I'm with Bobby here. I think it's Michigan State. I think Andy Enfield as a coach is just destined to always get USC into the tournament and then not do much with them after. I think this is kind of, if you're a USC fan and want to get excited about something, I think you're probably the front runner for Bronny James just because of how malleable and controllable your basketball program is. But Izzo, March, in kind of that lower seed, not necessarily that they're going to make a deep run, but I feel like he can always get a win or two out of the teams. He never ups, uh, like disappoints. Give me Michigan State. All right, so we have Michigan State moving on over uh, Boogie Ellis, who is presumably Hector in this analogy. So uh, I guess we're expecting Michigan State to show up with a giant wooden horse, which would give them a tremendous advantage. Coming up next, our last game of the East, Marquette versus Vermont. This, of course, a very traditional rivalry. It started out as a uh, court battle over uh, tax codes and powdered wigs. <laughs> yep. And I think this is one that if you pay attention to college basketball, just a little bit, maybe you're not, you're not a casual, but you're not a hardo. You love Vermont. Like, you know, Vermont has made the upsets in the past. You know, they've played teams close, the Anthony Lamb teams. They always seem to win their conference. I'm out on Vermont. I am so far out on this damn team that everybody always chooses them as like the next Cinderella. 
they just aren't that good. They did a West Coast swing uh, at the beginning of the season where they played USC, St. Mary's, and Cal State Fullerton. They only like were in that game. The only game they were in was USC, which, as we've seen above, really not that good of a team. So this Vermont team just kind of wipes their like little bum American East conference, comes into the tournament, gets like 25% of the fans like, I know college basketball, like Vermont's not that bad. And then they just get like trounced. This Marquette team, I don't know if I trust Shaka March, but I don't trust. I know what I don't trust is Vermont. They constantly disappoint me as a double digit seed. Get them out of my face. Marquette's moving on. Yeah, Shaka and March, you know, I think a lot of people blame Shaka when the issue was clearly Texas. No, uh, Tex- Shaka is Shaka is not a good March Madness coach. He's only been to the Sweet 16 one time, and that was the year he went to the Final Four. He is not a good, like, he's not that good of a tournament coach. It's not a Texas thing. He really wasn't doing it that much with VCU besides the one run. He's a good regular season coach, but I'm tired of the Shaka trying to, make excuses for him he's just not that good of a march coach period outside of the time can we talk about outside of the time he took vcu to the final four come on that's one time we've seen coaches we've like we've seen coaches do miraculous things that just not be good coaches like porter moser did some incredible things with that Loyola, like chicago school and yet he's not even in the nit this year it's like when you well, step up with Gina the big boys, big boy thing, big boy thing happens. So I just like, yes, you had that one magical run, but that doesn't mean you can replicate it year after year. That's, I mean, that's fair. I but I like what he's I like what he's built at uh, at Marquette, and I think uh, they get. I think they beat Vermont. I I in general really like the guy. I think he made a really smart move getting out of Texas. Uh, I think that program is very just kind of uh overall toxic uh so getting out of there was 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 good and i think marquette's a good school to win at so yeah. give me shaka smart and marquette golden eagles to uh advance no biases here from bobby talking about texas Clearly being not. toxic obviously they have their um deficiencies but that team just absolutely blew out everybody in the big 12 tournament including kansas one of the hottest teams in college basketball right now um that are kind of turning a negative from early in the season and they're kind of coming out of the ashes so you got to give them props for what they've done this season but obviously i understand what you're saying marquette easy move it on and then we will get obviously houston i i, I mean blake are you going to consider it? uh northern kentucky your boys uh, in this next matchup ty hit it away get, give us the intro. yeah so first game of the midwest group by the way uh, which is really funny. There's a couple of schools in here that, that are hilariously in the Midwest, Houston being one. So uh, to start the Midwest, Houston versus Northern Kentucky, this one being fought out on the court, also in the boardroom of Jack in the Box, where they're looking at where they're going to put their next location. The That's not this- a free ad because that's an insult. <laughs> I, we're not even going to pick this. I just want Blake's analysis on his boys of Northern Kentucky. Yeah, Northern Kentucky kind of screwed me in the Horizon Final, so I'm not like I'm not too happy with them. I was a Cleveland State guy through and through, kind of screwed me over. Not happy. Um, I will say this: Houston is used to playing just really crappy teams and wiping the floor with them. That's kind of what the American Conference is. Uh, so this shouldn't be that hard if you want to easy just like pick to throw on your card. Houston against the spread. Houston first half. I think even without Marcus Sasser, they wipe the floor in this one. 
Blake, what was your thoughts on the? Uh, what were your thoughts on the uh, the, lo- the love the letter? Lo- the love letter to the American Athletic Conference from Houston and uh, oh, weird, wild, wacky. Like, I don't even know what to think of it. Was it so? The tweet was coming from. Was it the American Conference that sent it so to Houston? Houston made the video, but the American Conference quote tweeted it and said, "No, thank you." For the legacy you leave behind. and all Yeah, no. Like, as the American Conference, you're about to be defunct with your new teams. You should not be, like, bowing down to, I know they're in your conference now. You hope they win it this year so you can claim a national championship. But, yeah, bad look. Bad look for the American. About to be worse than the Conference USA. So. The the responsive response was Ty photoshopping in uh, uh, Olivia Rodrigo uh, lyrics in place of uh, the Americans' tweets, which is just great, just great stuff. But um, that is the thing yeah. that happened. Move on, anyways. Houston, Houston. Houston. <laughs> Moving on. Next game: Iowa versus Auburn. I don't really have an intro for this one, other than inexplicably, this would be a seven thirty p.m. kickoff if it were college football. I feel like if it was college football, it'd be at like it'd be in the Outback Bowl. This just feels like the Outback Bowl. I well, feel like whoever would bowl game, sure, but yeah, yeah. Well, I, it also feels like a like a really cool non-conference for sure. But I don't know. I, I feel like whoever wins this one, I, I feel like I'm getting a blue onion or some, you know, I don't know, coconut shrimp at the end of this. Um, but um, I don't know what where we're at in order. I know we've been giving uh, if you, if you've been going with the one seeds. Uh, you'll you'll be kicking it back, Blake. What are your no thoughts? No idea. No idea. Yeah, the, we are. Yeah, no idea order and no really idea about this game. I think it's two coaches, which I just generally dislike. I hate Fran McCaffrey. You think of those Luca Garza years where you thought they were going to go on a big run? Nope, round of thirty-two exit. You think of Auburn, like they've had a Final Four run in there, but Bruce Pearl, I think, mismanaged Jabari Smith like no other last season. You see some of these other teams that get those five-star guys open up the offense for him. I felt like they tried to do too much with their guards, not enough with Jabari. I don't like these two teams, but it's in Birmingham. I think that kind of gives just Auburn a slight bump. I, yeah, there's not much here when it comes to matchup in my mind. Iowa doesn't play defense. Auburn's just kind of bleh. So I'm going to take Auburn, but yeah, I no strong lean here. They have it a mid off. Um, Auburn gets the bump from being at home and I was bad in March. So give me Auburn. I guess I was not going to advance, but I was going to pick Iowa. Another thing you're going to hear this all the time on this podcast, watched a full game of an Auburn game because I was betting them on DraftKings Sportsbook in another, in another city, I mean, in another state. And I just did not like that Auburn team. It's just like Blake said, bleh. And so, I mean, I just think that people are going to talk about Chris Murray the whole time in Iowa, and I can just see, like, oh, brother of Keegan Murray, twin brother, and he's in the uh, Sacramento Kings, the second-best team in the West in the NBA. You can just hear it now, and I can just, I just know it's going to be a topic in the round of 32. So well, give me Iowa. Well, Jameson, when you were in that other city, did you, you use promo code TPPN, right? I had used it in the past, but let me tell you something. If I knew somebody that needed it, I'd give them that promo code of TPPN. Oh, well, I mean, I, I don't blame them because, look, the biggest tournament in college basketball is here, and right now new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops. Get 200 in bonus bets instantly. 
Plus, for a limited time, all customers can score a no-sweat bet during round one and two of the tournament. So you just go to the app, opt-in, place a no-sweat bet this weekend. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet up to $10. That sounds great. I wish I had my promo code TPPN available. Because, look, these matchups, I don't think they're pretty interesting. Um, any specific uh, any specific game that you're most excited about watching this weekend, Jameson, so that we've talked about so far? That we've talked about so far. Let me go scrolling real quick. I think like the most interesting, like closest game, in my opinion, is going to be uh, that 8-9 Maryland-West Virginia. I think it's just going to be a close game, and I really don't know what's to come of it. Um, but like I told you something, I'm fading West Virginia. Yeah, I, I, oh, I that's agree. a gross pick. FAU Memphis all the way on the board. Yeah, FAU Memphis sounds like a really, really fun 8-9 matchup, and I'm excited for it, for sure. So look, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with promo code TPPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly, win or lose. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See those show notes for details. Now, Ty, what's our next matchup? All right, next game, classic. When I think Midwest, number one thing that comes to mind, Miami. Miami versus Drake. I guess they're looking to send him back to Canada. Uh, must have been flirting with other women or something like that. <laughs> That's great. I think they I, I think they accidentally uh, thought this was the Ohio version and just put him in there. Um, Miami, very weird, very weird ACC champion. Um they just kind of stumbled. It's like it's like uh, in Always Sunny when Frank won, won the wrestling match by just being the last one there uh, because he <laughs> threw because he threw a, fra- a, a trash can. At, at they're something. a regular season champ, right? Not yeah. postseason. Okay. Yeah, they're regular. Gotcha. They were regular season. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, because Duke, Duke won the tournament. Duke won it. Yes. Good. Yeah. Diaper dandy. <laughs> that is true. We got the diaper dandy there. Um, where is this game? It's at Albany. Uh, close to neither of these teams because drake is in des moines give me miami i guess i I don't know too much about this drake team um i would love to hear blake's thoughts on this because i'm sure he has some tasty tasty thoughts on on drake but uh for now i'm going with miami yeah i feel like i've watched a couple of like bracket analysis shows where people go in on drake and it's the same thing that you hear almost every single year and i think we've already kind of talked about it this year i think blake talked about it with another team this is an old team and it's a 12 versus a five and they've got a bunch of veterans and you know, and they shoot the three ball well, and that's just a recipe for success. But let me tell you something like there's a player on Miami that I really like and it's Isaiah Wong. I think he can just go crazy. He can blow up. He can be a name in this tournament and kind of like be like, Oh dang, who is this guy? I really like the way he's played. I remember watching him last year too. Like the way he plays. I think Miami runs away with this and People who said like, oh, what happened? This was like supposed to be my 12 versus five. And I don't think that's going to be the case here. Yeah, I've already chosen uh, two 12 versus fives. Uh, College of Charleston did it with Blow Bob. And I'm going to do it again with Drake. Drake is going to beat Miami. I don't care. I don't care if I'm choosing three 12 seeds to upset in this tournament. Jameson kind of did it in the most worst way possible when it comes to explaining this Drake team. There is 25 years or older, there's 11 players in college basketball, 
three of those players are on this Drake squad. They are not just old. They are old, old. They are grown men. They have 401ks for NIL deals. That's how old they are. And look, you gotta look. This feels like a Creighton team, a Dougie McBuckets team, because you look at that Drake squad. Darren DeVries is the head coach and the star player, the star of the Missouri Valley Conference, the MVP of that conference, Tucker DeVries, his son, big guy, forward. I love that matchup. I love it against a Miami team that is just basically uh, two guards up at the front, a lot of scoring, no defense. You got a Drake team that's, they're good on offense, but they're great on defense experience old men something that miami is very used to a lot of old men live there too but they haven't played men like this on the court in that stanky acc conference i told you i don't trust this conference to move on drake is going to upset miami my third 12 seed upset could there be a fourth later on in this bracket who knows oh i kind of want to pick drake now they're so good. They're men, Bobby. They're men. Miami's <laughs> some boys. What? Boys at the club. But these are these are men who Ooh. are getting some cigars, what are... Some whiskey, going to the country club. Like these are <laughs> these are men. To to paraphrase a a very overused joke, Blake, you're acting like Miami ain't ever seen three 25 year old guys come through before to do absolutely unimpressive numbers. So what we okay? So what's our what's our opinion on flipping? Can we flip? Is that a flip? Of, is that a is that a thing? What where where, where do we? Stand oh, I think on? so for sure. It's not competitive yeah. between us. So I yeah, I think I think uh, flipping should be allowed for flip. the pod bracket. Flip, oh, yeah. flip. I say they. <laughs> oh man, let's do Drake. There All right, go. so Drake with a big upset. We're gonna go ahead and and keep it moving. We just hit the hour mark. Indiana versus Ugh. Kent State. So this one, oh, we have a whole region left. This one is. <laughs> oh, no. It's okay. We we've picked fifty uh, something games. We only have like sixty something more to go. Anyways, this one, uh, this is an interesting game. So at the Army Navy football game, people always say over and over after the game, all the grads are going to be on the same team, which is true in that game. Uh, it's also the case in this game. After this game, all the grads are going to be on the same team. That team, of course, is the uh, working at Jack in the Box team. Oh, my God. Man, really some hate towards Jack in the Box on this podcast. Didn't see this one coming. <laughs> but let me tell you something. I can throw some hate something, and that's the MAC conference, Blake. Not a big MAC-tion guy. Um, I actually what? really like this Indian. You're so good at March. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I just I just said that because I knew you loved them in March. I just remember that. Okay, They're awesome. great. Uh, okay, go ahead. I, I I totally understand that. Just was all satirical. Um, but going back, Indiana's a team that I looked at coming into this tournament whenever I was watching um, you know, earlier. I think it's whenever they beat Purdue earlier, like maybe like late February or early March, not too long ago. I'm like, that's a team I really like. You know, I think this is a team that could cause some damage. I think they've got, you know, they got Mike Woodson as their head coach, which obviously, I mean, people have their opinions of him, but he is a veteran head coach. And Trace Jackson Davis is a guy that whenever I was watching, I was like, this kid is good. And I think he's a type of guy that, you know, put up big numbers in the tournament, the way he plays. I understand people are going to talk about the Mac 
you know, people are going to talk about how Kent State in their championship game upset Toledo and got a big W and has momentum. I just had this Indiana team targeted. I like them, and I'm going to stick with them. This is the biggest toss-up for me. It really is. I I don't know where to go with this. I'm picking a lot of upsets. I do love this Indiana team. I love Trace Jackson Davis. I love Jalen Hood. Shafino going to be a future NBA lottery pick. Oh, but this Kent State team, physical, a physical team. One that we saw in the non-conference go to Gonzaga only lost by like six or seven points, goes to Houston, only loses by five, barely loses to the College of Charleston, another 12 seed in the tournament. Like this this Kent State team has proven they can hang with the big guys. <sighs> give it to me, give it to me. Golden Flash, I'm going Golden Flash. I don't care if I'm picking all the 12 and the 13 seeds. I don't care if it's because I watch these teams, probably more than the Power Five that I get too biased. This I is love a availability bias, right? Where, like, <laughs> with the limited knowledge that I mean, you obviously don't have limited knowledge, but with the knowledge that you have, you think that your way is right. And yes, like I totally so much view... that you think that they're better. Whenever I view, watch these teams, I'm like, whenever I'm watching, like, like Texas A&M Corpus Christi, I'm like, they could really light it up. They're kind of dangerous. And then you see them get seeded <laughs> and they're in the play-in game for the 16 seed. Like, there is no way in my mind, like, my mind doesn't work like the net rankings in distributes them. How, like, how I power rank them, I just see them as good and bad. And I see this Kent State team as good. Oh, this Golden Flashes team, they're physical. I like that. And they've played those good teams and almost beaten them. Kind of like, honestly, pretty similar to their football team. Like, kind of took a hard non-conference schedule and gave people a hard time. I'm hoping it goes better for them this time. I'm going with the Golden Flashes. Um, Great analysis, Blake. I'm going to go with Indiana. <laughs> Damn <Nice. laughs> They have the candy cane pants, and that, that, that really uh, won oh, me man. over. I'm very happy. I love this. this is why this show team. is not fair. All voices <laughs> are not equal. I got to go up against Candy Cane Pants Boy, and he has as much of a vote as I do. I guess that's kind of America, but. Uh... Can we just say this? I know we're not finished with this side of the bracket, but this is an absolute star studded side of the bracket. I think they are good. The, you know, Indiana being a four, Miami being a five, Iowa State we're going to talk about next being six, Xavier at the three, Penn State in, at ten, and Texas A&M at seven, and Texas at two, one of the hottest teams in college basketball. Absolute stellar. A lot of teams that I really like. Yeah, no, it's not the best. It is by far not even close, in my opinion. Yep. Well, I think the one we're going to next is really damn good, but I'm there's saying a there's a lot of, of teams in here I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, yeah, you guys heard it straight from Jameson. Penn State, Texas A&M, and Texas, three teams Jameson really likes. Uh, not at all out of context. Certainly that statement will not be used <laughs> out of context against you uh, in the coming college football season. Anyways, coming up next, uh, so we have we picked who's moving on in that one. Uh, anyways, coming up next, Iowa State versus uh, the winner of a, a playing game between, I think, Mississippi State and Pitt. Blake, this is you. It is, I guess. Okay, so <laughs> Mississippi State, uh, Pitt, uh, Pitt, my analysis here is this is going to be a disgusting game. You will watch it because 
everybody wants to watch all the March Madness games, but this game's going to be gross. And just root for Mississippi State because Iowa State, Mississippi State might be the lowest scoring like Mount March Madness tournament we've like game we've ever seen. Like these teams love to muck it up, love to play slow, and I want to see two teams that like are addicted to mucking it up against one another. I I just I don't know what that's going to turn out to be uh, when it comes to that six eleven matchup. But just root for Mississippi State, get them there, and like let's just watch that slop fest. And but I'm gonna choose Iowa State. I think that team's just yeah, they're the better version of what like Mississippi State. They're just significantly better than Pitt. It's that this one's easy. So give me Iowa most State. normal people would say um, if you're gonna cheer for someone, cheer for the team that wouldn't be boring and muck it up and make it a defensive <laughs> game. Blake goes if you're gonna cheer for a team, cheer for Mississippi State because they're gonna muck it up. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay, that's where we're going. We want full sicko mode on this game. I want to see the ball flying across the court, nobody touching it. I want I want deflections. I want no easy shots in that game. Like I I realize like maybe this is just when you get a little bit older, but an under can sometimes be a little bit more sexier than an over. Like there's nothing better when you're sitting there, guys are throwing, like they're doing they're traveling all the time, they're fouling one another, bricking free throws. They're like taking like half court shots, airballing those. Like, there's, I think you just like, there's something about it, like a little bit more, uh, whenever. <laughs> Not like when guys are going on 10 0 runs, <laughs> getting hot, but when everybody's just breaking it. Is this like and, a like, betting midlife scoring. crisis? No. <laughs> what? Yeah, the, the unders can significantly, especially in college basketball, be sexier to watch. Like, what? There is nothing better than just like a brick fest and just like it's just a meme out there. But like you just knowing you have that under ticket in your hand, just watching this happen. There's there's no better feeling out there, guys. Try it. Just find that lowest under and just the lowest total and hit that under in March Madness. And I promise oh you, oh, you're, you're going to have a good time. You're going to have a great night that night. I see what it takes to properly be a college basketball fan to the degree that you are, because you have to, you're, you you're, you seem like the kid who walks by the cereal aisle is like, you know what? I want the raisin bran. Give me the, give me, Oh, I give do me love the, raisin bran. Raisin like bran crunch raisin bran is well. the best cereal, but Bobby, I'm telling you, like, there's nothing better. You have like, say the under, like the total one Oh eight, it's one Oh six with, three minutes left and nobody scores like you're mm, you're mm, you're watching you're that you're watching every brick clank off of there and you are just you're having yourself a night like there is there is very few feelings in the world that can get to that level so bet a few unders people i know overs seem sexy but it's more those unders those brick fests you, do we call it do we call that uh, getting bricked up or that is yep that is exactly what happens when you when you get those nice juicy unders <laughs> okay um anyways to, to my analysis of this um look i i think i actually think mississippi state and pit like you know that 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 should be a fun you know just sloppy mat like matchup but iowa state being at six that is a dangerous dangerous six seed they're there because of you know the rigors of the big 12 they got thrown in the uh you know the uh washing machine the rock tumbler and they've come out a six seed but you know what i think this is a good spot for them i don't think they're in des moines um but they're they're on their way to kansas city so if they can get to the sweet 16 no, they can make some noise. If they can get to Hilton South, 
in the NCAA tournament, that's that's a, a, a scary proposition. And uh, I think they t- I, I think they take this game. I think they're they're a very good six seed. Uh, so give me the Cyclones. Agreed. I'm not really convinced with any of the other with those two 11 seeds. I think Iowa State handles it. All right, so Iowa State to move on, but everyone hoping for the nastiest possible game. I can get on board with the Iowa State hate. Up next, Xavier versus Kennesaw State. I mean, these are these are two classic teams where nobody thinks about these schools until college basketball and the tournament comes around. So I feel like both these teams looking forward to shining here. This is interesting because I sometimes I get dumb inclination inclinations about teams just because of you know what you see in the story, and I'm a big sucker for that. And I know Blake probably hates that, as as evidenced by his I don't know like four or five year long beef with a nun. Uh, he doesn't like the story, so. I kind of I like when they focus on the ball, Bobby. I'm all about the ball. And when you're taking those shine away against Cameron Kurtwig and those boys <laughs> out there actually doing the work on the court, that's what I hate. That is that's what fair. I hate getting taken attention away from those guys. That's fair. But I really like the story going on at Kennesaw State. I know Xavier is really good. They had a great run in the uh, Big East tournament, but I just have a weird feeling about Kennesaw. Uh, this is, I believe, their first ever tournament appearance. They just have these vibes. They're going to go for it. This feels like a 14 seed that can, you know, knock off a name brand in Xavier. So I'm going to go with Kennesaw here. Let's go out on a limb. Let's get weird. Yeah, ain't getting weird. I like Xavier. Uh, I just, that team, whenever I see him this year, I feel like at least earlier in the season, I understand they've been a little bit choppy the, near the end of the season. Um, but they just put up numbers. Like I would like be looking at the bottom ticker and I obviously, you know, it'd be against teams like Villanova and Georgetown, but they're putting up like close to like 90 points and, and like they put up, you know, 102 for Georgetown. Georgetown it's not that good, but like they're putting up like 80 something points in the early point, part of the season. I was like, this team is just flying. And I really like what they have. Um, sorry, can't get behind Kennesaw State. Going to go with Xavier. Like that team a lot. Yeah, I'm I'm with Jameson. I love the Kennesaw State story. I understand why you get wrapped up in it, but it just seems like this team, this fan base, being their first time going to March, they're just a little too happy to be there. Xavier, experienced coach and Sean Miller, the old heel back at Arizona, he has gotten Xavier back on the map. My favorite, one of my favorite names to say in all of college basketball, Suli Boom for uh, for Xavier leading the point. He's an electric scorer. I just love what they put on the offensive end. Give me Xavier. Well, looks like Kennesaw State, unfortunately, will be like that team that pops up in one shining moment for like the first couple seconds, and then you don't see them again because they lost. I mean, we'll be lucky if we even see them. That's fair. <laughs> Ty? Oh, All give right. me this matchup. Give it to me. Anyways, moving on, uh, Texas A&M versus Penn State. We're just going to be personal with these insults, I guess. Both of these schools think that they are both academic and athletic powerhouses. Um, I'd say they're pretty average in East. So in the mid-off of the Midwest, who do we have? Here's my thing. 
and I know I got a little bit of flack for this. I like both of these teams. I like the momentum. You've always kind of seen it with me in the past years. I like momentum teams. That's like whenever I picked Michigan to make the national championship, I think it was like with the Jordan Poole team or whatever. Um, really liked them then because they got hot at the right time. Hot teams do well. And I the way that Penn State played, honestly, was really good. And I think Texas a also got hot at the right time. Um, Pickett for Penn State really showed me a lot of things. I, I think they've got a good squad. Texas A&M's got a lot of talent. I'm struggling to pick this one straight up. I think if you're talking about a game that I think is going to be one of the more fun ones to watch, it's going to be this one for me. I'm going to go Texas A&M because I can just see it. I understand we talked about Texas A&M, Texas. Might not be uh, the matchup because one of them always screws it up in the end, but I think we see it this year, and I'm just going to go with Texas A&M eventually having to play Texas in the round of 32, just based off the storyline, but I'm really excited to watch this 7-10 matchup. I guess it's me. I will. Oh, I'm with Jameson. Like, this is one that when I saw, like, kind of put a dagger in my heart. Like, these were two teams that if they were on different sides of the bracket, like, would be teams that I would choose, like, kind of upsetting teams going far. And it sucks we have to eliminate one right off the bat. Like, this AM team played really nobody in the non-conference, had some bad losses, but then came, like, once they got into the SEC play, really came into their own buzz Williams, a guy that's done in March before a team that was like really fascinating to watch. I really like this A&M team, but I can't go against my guy. My favorite player to watch this year in college basketball, Jalen Pickett, Jalen Pickett just takes over games. And the one, my favorite comment of the year came from Brad Underwood after Penn state beat him in the big 10 tournament and said, how can we stop Penn state? They're playing booty ball because all Jalen Pickett does is he gets the ball (laughs) and backs them into the post and kicks it out for the three to win. I like that Penn state, that Micah Shrewsbury booty ball. Give me the Penn state Nittany lions. I think this is going to be a great game, but I just can't go against my guy Jalen Pickett now. Here's my thing with momentum teams is sometimes it works. You have like a Kimball Walker, UConn type of team. And sometimes it's like a team that like uses everything they have to get into the tournament. Like um, say that Patrick Ewing, uh, Georgetown team a couple years ago. And then it just falls flat for me. I feel like that's that Penn state team. I, I, they, they've been inconsistent all season from what I've seen. And they had a great run, almost took out Purdue, almost won the big 10 uh, tournament championship, uh, fell flat, but, I feel like they're going to run into a brick wall with uh, Texas A&M here, who is also hot and has just kind of been a better team all season. I like the Aggies to advance. Ty, have you been keeping score? I couldn't remember. So it's a and right? We have, we have A&M advancing, I believe. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yes. All right. Coming up next to start to cap off the Midwest as we move into the round of 32, or, or capping off the Midwest, actually, we have Texas versus Colgate. Who cares? Horns down. Like, okay, uh, this is another one that kind of similar to Vermont. Like, if you follow college basketball just a little bit, it, but not too much, you're like Colgate. Like, they kind of dominate their conference. Like, we saw them last year play Arkansas close, like at half. This team is too high variance, though. They exclusively shoot threes, and they try to move at a rapid, fast pace. You see it work, like, against Arkansas in the first half when they're hitting everything, but then once teams kind of adjust to them and they're not hitting those threes, it gets ugly quick, and they didn't even cover that spread. 
uh, even though they're up at half. This Texas team, way too experienced. And like me and uh, Bobby talked about on that Big 12 championship pod, I think Texas is going to benefit from the fact that they don't have one of their big-name head coaches. They don't feel that pressure that they need to win. Sure, they're a senior team that you want to see these guys go out well, but like they started to kind of people started to sink them whenever Beard went off. They didn't expect them to win the Big 12 uh, tournament, even with that talent. So, yeah, Colgate's going to be trendy. A lot of people's going to choose them. They're not going to win. They're too high variable. Don't take this team. I'm choosing Texas. So hear me out. Colgate, they kind of dominated their conference. They played Arkansas tight. There's a lot to like about them. Uh, but no, for real, Colgate, let's go with them. Uh, Texas, you know, I, yeah, I'm just being a homer here. Let's go with Colgate. Colgate lost to Vermont this year, Blake. Another uh, reason to put Texas here. Uh, not even going to even think about it. I was just using a little ESPN thing to look up on Colgate right now. They lost to Auburn by 27. Next. All right. The Longhorns to move on. Coming into our final group for the round of, I would guess it's called the round of, um 64 64 yeah is it the round of 64 anyways first rounds final group of the west kansas versus howard bobby i hope you've been stretching they're coming for you well you know me i can play all five positions so it shouldn't be that much of an issue bill self uh i hope he's doing okay he, he needs to rest up because i'm about to give him some pressure that was an uh, interesting transition i didn't know where bobby was going with that yeah. one <laughs> <laughs> I could have gone anywhere. He's like, he's like, I'm coming for you, Bill Self. And then it was like, I hope he gets a lot better and rest up. I'm like, just Kansas and let's move on to this Arkansas game time. That one, there's a reason I had a long pause. It was because uh, definitely remembered what um, recent events. Let's go with KU. Like, I don't know if you have it. You, there's nothing interesting to say about Howard, right? No, but I do want to take this time to rant about how improperly this entire bracket was seeded. That Kansas, who has the most quad wins of all time, quad one wins of all time, is somehow the third best team in America. I understand, I guess, with Alabama. Alabama, at its best, I think is the best team. But you're not dropping Kansas past two, and somehow that happened, and they dropped them in this bracket of death down here where tcu we're gonna get to them is the sixth seed the five teams above them are in the top 11 of ken palm they're basically half of ken palm's advanced analytics top 11 is in this bracket this is an insane insane draw that you're gonna see about five or six teams that could easily make the final four out of this side you also took ku out of kansas city so you know that that's a, obviously a massive uh, hit. And on one end, I was also equally upset about it. Then I was like, wait a second, it's Kansas. I don't like them. So how much you want to bet if Houston played Memphis on Saturday rather than Sunday, Kansas would have been the two seed. Oh, I think so. Like I really, they, they try to come on and say they have contingent brackets and stuff like that. I don't think so. Like if you thought that Kansas loss was bad, like, and they justified it saying Houston lost Marcus Sasser, and so that's why they should be moved. Kansas lost Bill Self for that entire tournament. Like, that's no excuse. And so I don't think they pay attention to those Saturday-Sunday uh, games. They set it on Saturday. Don't touch it. And then lost to a very good Texas team. It's, yeah. it's, like, it's stupid. Why, yeah. why even count quad one wins? 
Really? I doubt. At this point, what's the point of the net if Rutgers is not going to get in? And Mm -hmm. what's the point of quad one wins if, like, we're not even going to take them into account when you're going for things like the number one seed where quad one wins really matter? Like, I love this Houston team, but this Houston team plays in a garbage conference. Like, they're going up against, I think – they only have one other tournament team like in this whole entire field. And like you see the big 12 have seven plus your three on the bottom are still pretty high ones that were on the bubble consistently. And they had the first the four, year. they had the first one out of the tournament yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, as we, and as we know in the big 12, no nights off. Yeah. No nights off. Play the anthem, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> I will have a big 12 team wins the uh, tournament, but uh, Ty, what do we got next? All right. Coming up next. Do not look at a map. Arkansas versus Illinois. Do these states share a border? I don't know. I made that sound like it was cooler than it was. I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> Anyways, who do we have in this one? I kind of want to look at a map now. Who is it? Whose turn is it, Bobby? I think it's you. Cool. All right. Let's talk about this Arkansas basketball team, because to be honest with you, I just don't really have much to say about Illinois. Arkansas, obviously a lot of talent. And were they disappointing at the beginning of the year? Absolutely. But I think that that I've seen some things recently that kind of get me excited. Let me tell you something. Eric Musselman getting mad, running out of the stadium, all cussing up. Did you like that, Blake? I know that you're a big Eric Musselman yelling. I I I really enjoyed it. I do like Eric Musselman, but I went to go watch that Baylor-Arkansas game, and he took a tech at, like, literally the worst time. Like, him and Dan Dan Hurley just love, like, I love when they take, like, a good tech to fire up their team, but lately they've just been so unhinged. They're taking techs when they're on runs, and, like, they're run killers at this point. Musselman has to bring it in a little bit come March, but he's proven himself to be a great tournament coach, so. Yeah. So what I'm going to get to, I'm going to pick Arkansas, and I think a tournament guy that is really going to put up some heat in this first round, people are going to talk about his stock's going to go up just because this game's Nick Smith. Nick Smith, absolute baller, can shoot the ball. I think he could go for like 30-plus points in this game. Everyone's going to be like, damn, like this guy is good. We knew he was good coming out of high school, really didn't play too much at the beginning of the season. I don't really remember exactly why, but – this guy is good, and I think that he could really, really put up some numbers and help his draft stock. Like we, we're in order. It's always it loops. Down. Oh, it's always going it's, down. It's, it's always not, going down. Always I still going, never figure this you start, out. <laughs> you start, go down, loop up. <laughs> I feel like okay. I'm always starting, so I just have like, no idea when. But like, it's all right. It's all right. We know you. You went to TCU. You're a little academically. We can't all go to Oklahoma. Uh, it's all right. We'll explain it to you. The home of the National Merit Scholar. I can't compete. But, uh, Arkansas, the, the Illinois. The second David Board left, we just never put it that on any sort of – Because I don't – I, I actually – so I know someone from my high school that I graduated from that came to OU as one. I don't know that even for the last couple years of the Debo reign – that that was actually the case. That fact that we were selling, which would not be the only Debo just blatant fraud that occurred. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, that's funny. Sorry. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah. So Arkansas, Illinois, uh, both of these teams are just huge potential teams. Like coming into the season, we thought these were going to be probably like two of the title contenders. Arkansas had some issues with injury. Nick Smith. I feel like we never got to see the best of him because of that. And then Illinois just 
they beat Texas and everybody was high on them. And then they kind of fell flat, had a little bit of resurgence. So you're kind of betting on two potential teams. You kind of get, you give the edge to Muscleman. He's been a great March coach. He always seems to outperform. He's kind of becoming, I guess, that new age Izzo, where it just feels like his teams, even when they're underperforming coming into March, he's able to will them somehow to the Sweet 16 Elite Eight. But I got to go with my guy, my guy who I love so much of that Baylor national title run, who is one of the best players on this Illinois squad. And Matthew Mayer, he he has been lighting it up. I want him to be a 3 and D guy in the NBA so bad. You probably ruined that. He probably tanked his draft stock when he missed a game this year because he stayed up too late playing video games and drank five (laughs) Monster Energies in one night and got caffeine poisoning, which I didn't even think was possible. I thought you would see that more on a a wild BYU night, but nope, we got it for Matthew Mayer out of Illinois first. Oh my God. Is Jordan Walsh going to be guarding him? That's going to be so fun. Oh my gosh. Like it's like all hair versus no hair. No hair. it's what a what a great combination i love watching jordan walls he's like he's a difference maker but yet it seems like it but also some games i'm like you are just doing cardio out there like you are just having (laughs) yourself a nice jog around the court like what the hell are you even doing out there man like you might get a steal a block here and there but you're not doing much but i love watching him play this one's another they kind of nailed besides that iowa auburn one i like the eight nine games i think they're very enticing very fun Mm-hmm. yeah agree. this is a really good eight nine matchup uh both uh both both um states have really uh cool rivers named after them i guess uh but anyways i'm gonna go with uh arkansas uh i like i like bustleman i like what he's got going on there even though this hasn't been their best season i like him better than underwood for reasons that i won't go into uh brad underwood kind of a scumbag um definitely not a double agent but uh me not Brad Underwood, he's clearly a double agent. Uh, Bobby's anyways. the double agent because he's, <laughs> he, he's an Oklahoma State fan. What, there what it is. No, 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 no. Brad, Bobby, Brad why Underwood, did you, Why did you just drop a Freudian slip about you being a double agent? <laughs> it's called a joke. <laughs> it's called a joke, Ty. We, oh, I'm not a double agent. Know. Let's go Arkansas. It's a little too close to home. It was just a prank, oh, wow. bro, I swear. <laughs> Look out for the – hey, mashed potatoes, be worried. Anyways, time. What? Next. All right. Is it the video? Anyways. Anyways. anyways <laughs> uh, St. Mary's versus uh, Virginia. I tried to pull up my notes and now XL is booting up. Uh, so I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to do it from the hip. St. Mary's versus Virginia Commonwealth. Oh, I remember my joke for this one. So while this might be a rather mundane uh, basketball game, St. Mary's versus Virginia Commonwealth. You just know that that's like the Bama versus Ohio State of lacrosse. <laughs> I honestly kind of thought that um, that was like part of your script, you know, the Excel. No, I hit Excel's <laughs> next to Word on the thing and I, I hit Excel. It, it happens. Anyways. It, totally, it, it happens. Anyways, uh, I like St. Mary's here. I feel like anytime you have a 512 and the five is from. Um, you know, kind of a, a traditional mid-major type of conference, you know, not really particularly incredible. Like like at St. Mary's, you know, they don't overlook teams, uh, especially a brand like VCU. I think St. Mary's goes in, gets a win, um, and takes out VCU. But I could see this being a very good game. I think it's going to be an exceptional game, and I think St. Mary's is a very good team. 
I just like I'm pro I have a problem with recency bias. Said it so many times this podcast. I'm sorry, but just the way that um game versus Gonzaga went with St. Mary's just leaves a sour taste in my mouth and VCU's getting hot. I don't think I've picked a 12 seed yet, and I might be the wrong one, but I'm gonna pick VCU to beat St. Mary's. And I know Blake's gonna pick St. Mary's because he really likes that team. I completely understand it, but here's my time. I'm gonna go VCU. Well, if I gotta choose the last 12 seed to have a 4-12 sweep, no. Uh, Jameson didn't tease it perfectly. <laughs> no. It's all St. Mary's. This VCU team is absolute garbage. Really, the, the entire A-10 conference, which a uh, conference that I love near and dear to my heart. I love me some St. Louis Bilkins like no other, but that conference came into the season with Dayton ranked. Holy crap, and did they stink. Like that entire conference, VCU, I'll give you the bill they can defend the ball like no other but they cannot score to save their lives and saint mary's can defend very well and can score they kind of deviate from their usual like they kind of find a lot of australian players foreign players to come play aiden mahoney a freshman california kid been lighting it up i think he's the difference maker for the saint mary's team randy bennett got something going there i think this one's easy move saint mary's on to the round of 32 All right, St. Mary's moves on. Next up, UConn versus Iona. That's apparently a place and not just a typo for Iowa. Okay, how can it be? It's Jameson 100% this time. It's Jameson. It is Jameson. Everybody's looking at me, I feel like. I wasn't looking at you because it is Jameson. It is is definitely me. I was doing the math in my head as the night progresses, and we're at our 32 mark in this podcast. There are three people, Jameson. How do you have to do math for this? Uh, No, he's talking about the time. The time. No, I was trying to do the math because I knew I went second. So I was like, I think that means I go first. And I was thinking about it. Okay, carry on. I really like this UConn team. Uh, Screw Rick Pitino. (laughs) Next. Did you tell yourself to carry on? (laughs) And all right, anyways, I think that's that's Kendrick Perkins in me. Yeah, UConn. (laughs) Carry on. Next up. Texas Christian University wait, versus. Wait, whoa, 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 Neither of us got I... to pick. Well, we were done. <laughs> I, he said, "He said moving on." No, um, in the in this year where you got to respect every twelve and thirteen seed, nothing could be overlooked. I can Granted, tell you, I, I'm going to UConn here. Of course, I have to respect every twelve and thirteen seed. It's it's nineteen minutes into this podcast, and we haven't finished the first round. You gotta respect them all, Bobby. Just because yeah. we're at the end, we're in the we're in the bracket of death right now, and y'all are trying to speed things along. Should have started here. Maybe ended with one of those weak ass ones. Like what's the first, the Purdue one, the Purdue one, weak, weak, weak sauce. But uh, anyways, UConn playing like the best, the second or third best team in the nation right now. Kind of how they were playing at the beginning of the season. Had a slump. I love, I love some Sonogo. I do not like the fact that they like rely on a whole bunch of freshman guards similar to Purdue, but oh, I love me some Sonogo. I'm going UConn. Rick Pitino has his eyes on the St. John's job, the Providence job, if Ed Cooley leaves, the Georgetown job, basically any other of the open East Coast jobs that are about to come up. He has his eyes set on there. He made it to the tournament, and that's all that matters to him. Yeah, the only way to get Pitino up for this is to have this at the Madison Square Garden. 
and try to like I don't know gaslight him into thinking it's the Big East tournament uh, because he is gone. Um, so yeah, give me UConn. They're hot. Iona is uh, dead team walking because Patino is getting he's he's getting he's he's getting a Big East job. Yeah, I I love UConn. Like that's why I spent like two seconds on this one. All right, so all that to get us right back to where we were just a second ago, <laughs> TCU versus the, uh, I guess, play-in winner of Arizona State versus Nevada. At least in this one, we know what the acronyms are standing. Well, initialisms, those are different things. This is a whole nother. We could do a 45-minute podcast on acronyms versus initialisms. Um, ASU versus Nevada, initialisms, uh, play-in winner. Crumbs. Yep, so easy one on the bracket. I think TCU moves on here, even without Eddie Lampkin. Too much firepower versus, honestly, a grateful draw. The only one in this bracket of ASU, who just kind of got here because they heaved up a half-court shot at beat Arizona to give them enough resume firepower to stay in the bubble watch. And then Nevada, who should not be in this tournament. I love the Mountain West, but Nevada should not be there. They lost to San Jose State and get like in the in the mountain west tournament inexcusable uh, tc rolls here uh yeah blake i think the espn bracket's wrong because i don't see uh new mexico anywhere i thought they were good oh san jose no no bobby no, there, there's no new, there's no new mexico anywhere yeah that uh, it was if, if they were so good had... why did you bet on them so much because we were doing well till if we would have beaten that San Diego State at home, they would have been in the they would have been ah. in the bracket easily. But I had to witness one of the worst things. That's why San Diego State cannot go far. That about ripped my heart out. I was going nuts around my apartment when when in the final five seconds, New Mexico goes up in the pit, and we might have San Diego City on the ropes. And then no, they hit a they hit a three. I, I see a lot of. Hurt. I mean, I see a couple Mountain West teams, but you don't know New Mexico. What the heck? Uh, no, I, I'm with you though. I, I think um, either Arizona State or Nevada. You know, they're 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 not going to be enough for TCU, even without Lampkin. Um, I will say this would be a peak um, a peak upset situation. It feels upsetty, um, but you know, uh, Jim Dixon. Who knows with him? So, uh, give me the frogs here to advance, though. Amen. I wanted to pick TCU to lose in the first round. I just, I don't know why. I just had this feeling. It was just sitting in the pit of my stomach. I was like, I just think that TCU is going to lose in the first round this year. Then they drew Arizona State and Nevada. And I said, oh, I can't get the heart to do that. I just can't get behind those teams. Whenever I'm picking upsets, I look first, not at the upset team, not at the Cinderella, not the, you know, the 11, the 12, that team. I first look at my opinions of the team that they're playing against. And I'm like, okay, if this, does this team have a potential to get upset? And then I go to the team that's going to be the Cinderella after that. And I just, step two didn't pass for me. Arizona State, Nevada, I just can't get behind them. Fair enough. You can't force it. Ty, uh, who we got next? All right. Anyways. Gonzaga versus GCU. No intro for this one. Who do we have? It would be me going first. Oh, okay, so Bobby. Oh, it's right. me. Oh, it's not that hard, right, Bobby. Right. You're, you're Bobby. always going down. Yeah, yeah no, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I, I blanked. I blanked for a moment. I blanked for a moment. Uh, All right. Yeah, no. So, Bobby, it's Bobby. Yeah. Are you going to, are you going to go with the Zags or are you going to zig? <laughs> That's funny. 
look, as much as I would love the battle of uh, TCU versus the uh, school, the, the community college, rather, that uh, stole their font and their logo, essentially, uh, Gonzaga, too good. They're experienced, uh, anchored by Drew Timmy, and even though they aren't at the levels that they've been in the past, you know, they aren't, you know, just mowing through teams. They're still very, very good. They get past Grand Canyon here. Uh, so give me the Zags. Not a big antelope guy. I'm going Gonzaga. This one is easy. It's Gonzaga. Yeah. I will say Gonzaga fans in uh, Denver. That'll be fun. Uh, TCU fans. Are you going to go hunt them out like UCSB fans? I don't have to hunt out Gonzaga fans. They're going to be everywhere. You You said you didn't have to hunt the Santa Barbara fans either. So You know what? Really, I'll probably have to hunt out the TCU fans. You know what? You know what? Fun fact uh, that's relevant to this discussion. When I I was doing my research for all these intros, UCSB actually has a larger undergrad population than OU. So – Maybe UCSB fans aren't that hard to uh, to find. Uh, I watch their stuff. games. I watch their games at like midnight every single time. There's nobody in those stands. There, Bobby's not okay. Yeah, many. yeah, because it's Bobby Santa Barbara. See many fans. It's <laughs> Santa Barbara, California. Why would you go watch a UCSB game on your they, time off? They've been exactly, saving up for Denver, Blake. They've been saving up for Denver. Yeah, and Bobby's slight against TCU fans there. One, we actually pull a good amount of kids from Denver, so we should have a decent alumni base there. And two, it's spring break right now, and a lot of them are in Breckenridge and Vail and other places. So So why would they leave? Because your team is playing in a game an hour away, Bobby. That's easy. I'm sorry. You think think Denver is an hour? (laughs) It's an hour and 15 minutes away from Vail. Like if you're in Colorado. Mm. Well, I, yes, you would have to be in Colorado to, to travel. That's what I'm saying. Vail. Kids are on spring break in Colorado in the ski no, towns. No one is going to take an Uber or their <laughs> rental car. From... It's not that hard to get to Denver from the ski towns. There's like shuttles all the time. It's also, they're not going to spend one of their nights of spring break to watch them almost lose to Nevada or Arizona State and then, or, and, or get clobbered by Gonzaga. No, they will. But I don't think you understand how well, like, TCU can kind of for basketball things. Yes. Mm. For all sports. Okay. Okay. Blake, you're, this is two separate things. Will TCU travel well, like, better than the average? For sure. Will yes. any of those people be spring breakers who are taking their time out of Vale or Breck or somewhere else to come into Denver to watch this game? No. I don't those know. Those are two different things. It's those are two perfect, different things. It's at a perfect time at night. No, see, but in. you just said, you just said, you just said, and I quote, I don't know. Exactly. We've established that you don't no, know. No, I do know. Based like, on how no, clueless... If- your no, I think are. if most people are there and are an hour away, it's at night. You're not missing time on the slopes. You're not, like, in a lot of these key towns, it's not open past 10 or 11. The bars, you go down to Denver, you go to the game, which is at 9 o'clock at night, and you, like, go have fun in Denver. It is not that hard. Because it is it's the a- easiest detour. It is the easiest detour. <laughs> That's, not a detour. That's not what a detour is. <laughs> it is also a noted fact, clearly, that uh, ski towns do not have any alcohol in them. Them. no bars they don't like the bobby ski town bars aren't open till like 2 a.m they're open till like 11 like the okay. most ski towns yeah like breckenridge like the latest bar is like open okay till so maybe if the midnight. game is at nine 
And you're saying that college students are going to say, well, the bar closes at 11. We might as well not even go out tonight. <laughs> no, like well, I'm just... saying you can go to a city. I like, I don't see how I'm wrong here. Like if I told if Bobby was on a spring break trip in college and his team was playing in March Madness an hour away and you're saying Bobby would be like, oh yeah, like I'm not going to go there. Like that's you're really talking you're about just, me. You're backfilling your narrative. You're talking about somebody who okay. literally just mentioned on the podcast, trying to make friends with UC Santa Barbara fans because on my on my anniversary i'm not much of a sicko. zero zero traffic zero traffic veil to denver just city center city center is an hour and 40 minutes that's not bad okay T- two hours okay We're, we got to move on we're way too deep into this um gonzaga great did we did we settle on gonzaga we settled on gonzaga okay. um, yes. and i'm glad that everyone says it's gonzaga because i get peeved when people say gonzaga not Gonzaga. There's some people that say it. it it's it, no. Dogs. Well, I agree, but there's it's like the same people. Like you know, it's like the Thunder announcers on TV still pronounce Mark Dagnalt instead of Dagnalt. So sorry to bring the Thunder into this, but there's still some people that continue mm. to pronounce things wrong, even though they're in very high positions. Yeah. Well, mm. I'm glad we supported uh, Thunder player Chet Holmgren's uh, Gonzaga Bulldogs. Yeah. All right. So next up, we have Northwestern versus Boise State. I think this one is personal for Boise. Personally, if I were from Boise or anywhere in Idaho, I'd be fed up of people from Chicago calling themselves Northwestern. So Boise, I think, out for blood in this one. Definitely me this time. I just did the math in my head. Quick maths. Um, (laughs) It just took a little while because we did actually go on a detour there, um, unlike what the TCU students will probably do whenever they're no, on thank you break. thank you thank <laughs> you for establishing that isn't it is in fact a detour and not just some sort of oh, we could make a two a hour quick, drive away the infrastructure up there it is not that hard you're making no it we very much do bobby has bobby has legal issues he has tickets tied to <laughs> us experiencing the infrastructure up there I can, oh, I can vouch him. for that, actually. I found this random whoopee cushion on our desk, so I'm <laughs> just going to start honking it uh, every time we That's go gonna off That's going to translate well. That's going to be translated so, so well. The audio <laughs> is going to be miserable. All right, guys, I hate this. I hate this game so much. It's a 7-10. You're supposed to be excited for 7-10s. Can't. Can't. You know why? Because this 17 Northwestern, I'm like, oh, they've had a really good story. But Darren Rovell has been talking about him too much, and I've been hating it. I'm like, quit. Get this Darren Rovell Northwestern team out of my face. Don't want turn out of my face. But uh, Boise State, on the other hand, they just I just can't get behind the team either. Don't know what to do. Really don't. All right, screw it. Northwestern, screw you, Darren Rovell. I'm really nope. excited to see what Blake has to say no, about this. Absolutely not. No, I I hate this Boise State team because my largest bet of the entire year was Boise State versus New Mexico State in overtime, and Boise State covered it. I was never mad. And that balding guy, the guy with the long <laughs> hair that needs to just take the cows home, shave it all off, <laughs> him at center, annoying as all get out. But I don't think I can deal with the whole media push, the Northwestern. I do love Bui Bui as their uh, number one player for Northwestern. Another fun name to say, but I I don't think I can deal with Darren Novell. Like, I think at one point, like, I saw that he, like, asked for the head coaches of Northwestern's, like, polo off his back. 
after they got like the two seed. Like that man is wild. Like he's like running sidelines, like a little kid. Like this is your jersey. He did that to like another grown ass man and asked for his polo. So I don't think I can take it. I can't take Darren Rovell running sideline to sideline, like acting like a five year old kid. Let me tell you something. I feel so much more confident in my Northwestern thing now. Just because of the hatred of Boise State is going to screw it up so bad for Blake and Northwestern is going to win in a close one right at the end. Buzzer beater. I, oh. Yeah, this is this is the problem whenever you get two hated teams. It's like if you see Arizona and San Diego City against each other, like you're just kind of hoping the one you hate the most loses. And uh, yeah, this Northwestern squad is insufferable. So give me, give me Boise State. Oh, man. Give me Boise State. I- I was really hoping we were going on a Boise kick because of the bald guy that ruined Blake's uh, New Orleans trip. Uh, well, you're the decider te- here, right? Yeah, but but I kind of want to go with Northwestern now because he went with Boise. So <laughs> here's what I'm going to uh, – two words. Boo-booey. <laughs> Boo-booey. Boo-booey. Ba-ba-booey. Shout out, shout out Greg Waddell. He knows way more about college basketball than <clears throat> and he loves Boo Booey. So there we go. Uh Boo Booey. All right. So, anyways, we I think we've settled that one. To close out the round of 64, UCLA versus UNC Asheville. Tough draw for UCLA that they got the tar heels in this one. A uh, traditionally great uh basketball school that is of course a joke uh unc did not make the tournament uh much like ou which leads me to a fun little tie-in to sort of cap this one off ucla is of course a jordan brand school which is hilarious because jordan brand currently has 10 schools five of which did not make the tournament and by the way four of those five are the four biggest brands that jordan has unc Michigan, OU, and Florida, uh, very disappointingly not making the tournament. I guess you could argument, argue maybe UCLA is in the top four of those brands, but some other, obviously the other five Jordan brand schools, UCLA being one of them, San Diego being another uh, in the bracket. I could see. Blake, you're on mute. Blake's on mute. <laughs> how, I was talking about how how all the schools that the Jordan brand took in are just kind of bummy schools, just kind of like Jordan, <laughs> like Jordan with his Hornets, uh, just oh, making a whole bunch of bad decisions. What? One of them's Houston. Yeah. And what, okay. What yeah. That? How does that? How does that argue against the state? I know. Bobby, they're all bummy schools. Bobby's helping the me. He's helping me. Bum school. Hey, you let them in, Blake. Well, it's I, I didn't like. They're yeah, better than but, SMU. So, I will give them okay, that. But bummy, bummy schools, according to Blake, Georgetown, <laughs> UCLA, Michigan, Florida, uh, Morehouse. Oh, Michigan, Blake, definitely. Blake, you're canceled for calling Morehouse a bummy school. OU, uh, obviously we fair, can't debate fair. that. Uh, OU bummy school. In fact, San Diego bummy school, and then UNC, I guess, on the fringe, on the cusp, could be good, See. could be bummy. We treat this like the elite apparel brand out there, but yet you allow San Diego City to rep that little jump man on on your little lapel right here. Blake, a diehard Big 12 fan, only recognizes BAPE 
as the superior yeah. uh, clothing <laughs> supply. <laughs> if we want hype, we go for the hypest, and that's where Bait Big 12 collab coming in with $150 t-shirts. I've never seen a Jordan brand t-shirt cost that much yet. I know their shoes resale for a lot, but let's get those retail prices up there before you can talk to me. But give me UCLA. Uh, yeah, this one's easy. Yeah. Hype Beast, Boat, and Blake. Give me the uh, Bruins. Um, I Easy. Mm, Jaime Jaquez, you'll hear that name again. Give me UCLA. Hey, everybody, it's Bobby again. If you've reached this point, you are done with part one. Wow, look at you go. You, you've, you've listened. You've come so far. You've listened to us blab on about a fictional first round for, like, almost two hours. Good, good on you. Well, if somehow you're glutton for punishment and want more, next episode, part two. It's coming out tomorrow if you're listening to this day of. If not, hey, it's already in your podcast feed, so go give it a check or take a break or really do anything you want. Honestly, probably a lot better things you can do, but uh, hey, that's up to you. Thank you so much for listening, though. It does mean a lot to us. We had a lot of fun recording this, so have a good rest of your day, and I don't know. Boomer Sooner, they don't really play basketball right now. I don't know. Bye!